0: Welcome to the podcast of Grace Covenant Church, where we are transformed by God's grace, connected through relationships, and committed to service. There are two kinds. 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 of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. There are two types of men in this world. Okay, and you know what the difference is? Winners don't give up. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those that come in by the door... Those that come in by the window. There are two kinds of people in the world. Two kinds of of people in the world, my friend. Those that want to be astronomers and those that want to be astronauts. Explosive and implosive. Them going somewhere and them going nowhere. There are two types of people in this world. Those who like Neil Diamond and those who don't. There are two kinds of women. High maintenance and low maintenance. There are two kinds of people in this world when you boil it all down. Them that's got their pals and them that's going to get them. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's only two kinds of people in the world. There's women and there's men. You know, actually, there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who think there are two kinds of people in this world and those who don't. Right. My name is Jeremiah. Um, I pastor the student ministry here at Grace, and it's, uh, it's exciting to be able to uh, be here with you guys this morning. And, you know, if there really were just two kinds of people in this world, I really do think that we might be talking about them today. You know, and if you were to ask Solomon, the writer of Proverbs and, and one of the wisest men that's ever lived, if you were to ask him, who are the two kinds of people in the world, I think he'd tell you it's the wise and it's the fool. Those are the two kinds of people in the world. And there's a reason that that Solomon spends, you know, the majority of his time in Proverbs trying to convince us that there are these two kinds of people in the world, the wise and the fool. And the reason that he spends so much time on that is because he wants us to be the right kind of people, right? He wants so badly for us to be wise and not a fool. He wants for us to choose well. And what Solomon would say if you asked him is that the greatest Determining factor for whether or not you become a wise person or you become a fool is who you befriend. He'd plead with you like he pleaded with his sons before he sent them off to war. And he'd say to you, please, would you be very, very careful who you walk through this life with? Because they're going to be the ones that decide whether or not you become wise or you become a fool. Solomon said it this way in Proverbs thirteen twenty. He said, whoever walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You could say it another way. You choose who your friends will be, and then your friends choose who you will be. Now, let's begin by by looking at these two kinds of people, the wise and the fool. Let's just kind of get a picture of, of who they are, what they're like, what they care about, what they don't care about. And we'll start with the wise. The Proverbs say this about the wise. It says, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. You see, the wise, they seek to observe life, and, and they want to learn from what they see and what they observe, and they want to, they, they want to take that in. And, and a wise person is a teachable person. You know, they, they go to God, and, and they're, they're teachable to God. They're teachable to other people when, when others have input for them. They're teachable to life itself because they seek knowledge. You could say it this way, that the wise love what is right and good and true. But they don't stop there because they love what is right and good and true. And then, and then they ask the question, how can I put this into action? How can I apply this to my life? That's what the wise do. And you see, when you, when you look at the wise and when you watch how they live life, what you'll see is that they don't just gather knowledge. That they, they put that knowledge into practice. And that's what makes them wise. They read the Bible and they ask, how how should this change me? How should it change my soul, my emotions, my thoughts, the choices that I make? These are the questions that that a wise person asks. And so if, if I know a lot of Scripture, if I know a lot of the Bible, but I don't put it into action, am I a wise person or am I a fool? I'm a fool. right? You could know three and a half Bible verses and that's it. But if you're putting those three and a half Bible verses into action, if you're applying it to your life... then then Solomon would say, you are wiser than someone who knows the entire Bible, who's memorized that entire thing, but they're not living it out. Because that's what the wise do. They take that knowledge and they apply it to life skills. You see, the problem with the Pharisees, it wasn't a lack of knowledge, was it? It was a lack of wisdom. They knew what was right and good and true, but they they didn't put it into action. It wasn't a part of their lives. But the wise, you know what the wise do? They seek. They run after what is right and good and true. And, and then they ask, how, how should this change me? What should I do with this now that I have this knowledge, this information? That's, that's how the wise approach life. And they live well as a result of that approach. Right? But then there's the fool. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but he delights in airing his own opinions. You see, in, instead of being teachable, A fool resists instruction. You you can't teach a fool. In fact, it would be dangerous if you did try to teach a fool most of the time. Because you know what's true about a fool is that he loves to tell you what he thinks about just about anything, really. Because fools are proud people. They're stubborn people. And they can't be instructed. If I would sum up a fool, I would say that the fool knows the difference between right and wrong and says so what that's how a fool approaches life because you see a, a fool knows lots of things has plenty of knowledge but they don't apply it they don't they don't put it into to how they're handling and approaching life and so a fool could make a, a bad decision over and over and over again and each time hope and expect that okay the results are going to be different this time but they never are and if you tried to tell them hey you know, maybe that's not a good idea. Why don't you try something different than that? If you try to tell them that, guess what they would say to you? So what? Right? I, I think that might hurt you, what you're doing. So what? Right? I wonder if your are drinking, maybe getting a little bit out of hand. So what? The way you're talking to your spouse is so hurtful to him or her. So what? I'm concerned about this new job that you've started that's taking you away from your family four five six days a week. So what? See, the fool knows the difference between right and wrong. And in response, he says, so what? That's how he approaches life. And, and you see, the Bible, the Bible never blames foolishness on parenting, how you were raised, intelligence level, education. Never blames um, foolishness or even wisdom on those things. Right, some of you guys came out of, out of a home with foolish parents, and yet you came out quite wise. And, and you could have a low IQ. You could not have gotten past the 11th grade in, in high school and still be wiser than a person with a Ph.D., can't you? And how do you do that? By learning truth, by taking in Scripture and asking the question, how should this change me? How do I put this into action? How do I apply this? How does it alter my, my feelings, my thoughts, the choices, the decisions that I make? That's how you become wise. The Bible doesn't blame wisdom or foolishness on parenting or intelligence. So when Solomon speaks of the wise and the fool, this is who he has in mind, right? The wise person who loves what is right and good and true and asks, how can I put this into action? And then then the fool that knows the difference between right and wrong and says, so what? And it's in light of this understanding of, of the wise and the fool that Solomon warns us. And he says, says, "Look, whoever walks with the wise, you're going to grow wise. But if you hang out with fools, if you're a companion of foolish people, you will suffer harm. I guarantee you. And if you notice about this proverb, you know, in that second half of that verse, you, what you don't see is that if you're a companion of fools, if you hang around with with people who know the difference between right and wrong, and say, so what?' in response." It's not that you'll necessarily become a fool. You can. You know, that's certainly possible. But what you can be sure of is that you're going to suffer harm. That the consequences of their foolish decisions that they're going to endure, you're going to endure right along with them. Because when they go down, you go down with them. Because you can't lie down with dogs and not not get up without fleas. Right? It's just how it works. You'll go down with them. And and so, so Solomon says, look, be very careful who you walk with. Because a companion of fool suffers harm. You could just ask Aaron Hernandez, former tight end for the New England Patriots, and he'd tell you. Because right now, he is sitting in a prison cell facing a murder charge and facing the painful truth of this proverb. Because over the last number of years at least, he's had so many people in his life that have been trying to move him towards wisdom, who've tried to get him on the right path. Back at University of Florida, where he played college ball... Six years ago, he had a solid Christian coach who, who actually put him in a room with Tim Tebow. He's roommates with Tim Tebow. Okay? And, and say what you will about Tim Tebow. You know that on a Friday night, there isn't anything illegal taking place within a 100-foot radius of that guy, right? But did he hang out with Tim Tebow on Friday nights? What's your guess? No. No, he hung out with guns and drugs and the people who carried and used them. You know, and then he gets to the NFL. He has this, this incredible opportunity to play in, in the National Football League. And he starts um, on the New England Patriots. And he has coaches that are trying to help him get away from these bad decisions that he made in college. You know, they're trying to get him on the right path. He's got teammates that are trying to make him not just a good football player, but a, but a, a great man. But is that who he hung around with? It's not. He hung around with fools. And a companion of fools suffers harm every time. You see, the New Living Translations, it, it says the second part of Proverbs thirteen twenty this way. Associate with fools and get in trouble. The message goes even further than that, saying, hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. And I'll bet each one of us has somebody a little closer to us than Aaron Hernandez who could tell you that that's true. That's just true about how life works. There's uh, you know, something that happened to me about a week ago that I think illustrates this truth really well, that a companion of fools suffers harm. I was out in the gallery and, and it was before first service and I was filling up a, a cup of coffee and had just you know, filled it up all the way and there was a guy standing next to me, pretty close to me, and, and uh, we greeted each other and, and he asked uh, how I was doing and I just told him I needed a little extra coffee that morning because I had a bad night's sleep. And, and just as I said I'd had a bad night's sleep, Somehow, someway, that cup of coffee just slipped right out of my hand. Full of hot coffee. There was no lid on it yet, of course. And everything just slows way down as this cup of coffee, as I watch it fall to the ground. And, of course, it it couldn't fall on its side, right, so that the coffee would spill out on the ground. No, it it lands on its base. It lands upright so that the coffee is just spewing out like a geyser all over me. I mean, I'm wearing it on my shirt. It's on my pants. It's on my, my leather shoes. And guess who else it's on? this guy standing right next to me. What had he done wrong, right? I mean, he knew how to pour coffee. He knew how to hold a cup of coffee securely in his hand. He'd learned that skill way back when. What was his problem? His problem was he was in close proximity to someone who didn't know how to do that. He was in my splash zone. And so he suffered right along with me, right? Because if you hang out, If you hang around, if you're in close proximity to someone who doesn't know how to hold their hot coffee without a lid on, you're going to get splashed every time, right? You hang around with fools, you're going to suffer harm. It's true. You will. You ask him, he'd tell you. And the bigger the fool, the bigger the splash zone, right? And we've been there. We've been that fool or we've been around those fools and we've experienced that. It is true. You see, this is why mom's plead with their daughters when they're young and they say, please, honey, don't hang out with the wrong kids at school. This is why fathers take their sons on a a walk around the block before they enter their freshman year of high school. And as they walk together, that that father puts his, his arm around his son's shoulder and he looks him in the eye and he says, son, listen, whatever else you do, would you please choose your friends well? Would you do whatever it takes to hang around with good guys at school because they will make or break your high school experience. I guarantee you, I experienced it. Please, would you do that? This is why when, when our, our seniors in our student ministry, when they are preparing to graduate, move on to their freshman year of college, in the spring of their senior year, we hold a, a college prep course. And I tell you, the most important piece of advice that we try to hammer home with them every single year is we say to them, look, look, you're going to have to wait And be patient for a wise and godly friend when you get to college. But would you do that? Would you please wait? God will bring that person. It may not be immediately, though. You know, we we tell them, look, you choose your friends. And then your friends choose who you're going to be, right? That's the only choice you get is who am I going to hang around? And then they make the choices for you after that. That's what Solomon says. Look, we tell them. These people in your first couple of years of college that you choose to hang around, that you, that you befriend, they are going to have the biggest amount of influence in your life over the most important decisions you're going to make in your entire life. Who your Lord will be, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do with your life. So would you please be patient and choose well? Would you choose wisely? Would you wait on God? Would you trust him for that? Because you choose who your friends will be and then your friends choose who you will be. That's what we ask our seniors to do. And, and so, so, look, quick review, okay? Two kinds of people, right? The wise, the fool. Walk with the wise, you grow wise. Companion of fools, you're going to suffer harm. right? It's pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, it's clear. It's fairly straightforward. There's nothing all that complex or complicated about that, is there? But then, why don't we do it? And you know, why are there so many of us that are companions of fools that spend our time around people with sizable splash zones, and we keep suffering harm because of our friendship with them. Why do we make that choice? Why do we do that? Here's why I think we do it. There's one word, loneliness. We can't be lonely. We won't be lonely. It's loneliness. You see, the price tag that you'll find on a wise friend, that price tag is almost always going to be an excruciatingly long wait. Because it's hard to find a wise friend, isn't it? And it takes time and it takes patience. And we have too little time and we have too little patience. Right? And so what happens is either we refuse to be lonely at all or we begin to experience some loneliness. And and then, of course, what do we do? We say, wow, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. And so we run from the pain of that loneliness. And usually it just means that the first person, the first group of people that, that come into our path, if they'll accept us, if they'll allow us into their circle, if they'll welcome us in, we take them up on it. And it doesn't matter if they're fools or not. Because we can't be lonely. We won't be lonely. And we run from that loneliness into a circle of foolish friends. And we suffer harm as a result of it. This, this, is, this is what happens. This is why I think so many of us end up and have ended up around, around foolish people. And we've suffered the consequences of their decisions and their actions right along with them. Right, but, but with all that said, you know, one thing that's really nice in all this is that once you become an adult, you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. You know, isn't it nice that once you become an adult, you don't have to be concerned or fearful of, of another person influencing your convictions or changing your morals or, or impacting you in any kind of negative way? I mean, isn't, isn't that nice? Isn't that right? <laughs> of course not. Right? A fool is going to have just as much impact on us as adults as they will on a kid or a high school senior. And the reason is because fools come in all ages, don't they? Right? And they all come in with this splash zone. And if you're close to them, no matter how old or young you are, you're going to be splashed right along with them. Right? You're going to suffer with them. Right? And so as adults, you can't run from this. In fact, I would say that, that as an adult... What what's even more dangerous about a fool is that their impact on you is, is so much more subtle. It can even happen more easily than, than when you're a kid. And maybe you've experienced this before where you start hanging around with someone. Uh, it's a coworker or spending time with a, a, a guy or a girl a few, you know, few doors down in your neighborhood. And, and as you grow closer to them, yeah, sure, they're foolish. But, but they think differently and they act on those thoughts and, and it, they have a lot of fun. And, and you look at their life, and it seems like their life is more exciting than yours. And it's, it may not be that they're trying to convince you as you grow closer to them that there's no God. But they just cause you, they just help you to forget about God slowly. You know, it's not that they, they spend a lot of time trying to convince you that your convictions and your values and your morals are all off and, and, and they're ridiculous. They don't do that most of the time. No, it's just that over time, your values, they just kind of slide downhill into theirs, don't they? And before you know it, you're far from God, and you're making decisions, and you're going places, and you're doing things, and you're saying things that you never would have done or said even just a month ago. It happens so subtly, so easily, so quickly even. Now, as adults, we need to hear this too, right? This, this proverb is no less true for us. If you'll just think for a minute, think about the two biggest regrets that you have in life. You know, the two decisions that, that were just the dumbest ones that you made in the course of your life. You know, those two moments that if you could go back and relive or undo, you would do that. Think about those two regrets. And then think about who were you living life with at the time. And as you think about who your friends were at that time, who you were walking closest with at that time, I'll bet you're wondering, why was I ever friends with that person? Why was I in a relationship with that guy or that girl? Why was I hanging out with that group? What was I thinking? And I think the answer to that why question is probably because of loneliness. A refusal to be lonely or the pain of the loneliness became too great. And so you just jumped in the first place that you could. And it ended up being on a path towards foolishness and harm. Because it was, it was fools that you were walking through life with. You see, but it works the other way too. If you think about you know, those times in your life when you were making the most progress in your relationship with God. When you were closer to Him than you've ever been. I'll bet in those times of your life that you could point to one or more wise people that you were walking closely with, right? A a dad or a a mom or a grandma or a a teammate, right? A a coach, a a teacher, some kind of leader, a Bible study leader, maybe a prayer group, a life group, somebody, someone that you were walking close with that was wise. And I, I would also bet that it took weeks and months and maybe even years to find that person or at least for their influence to begin to to really take effect in your life. my wait was about 14 months and two weeks in my first year of college. It was a very lonely freshman year in the court at at Texas A&M. And in that year, what I remember thinking often was I had spent a lot of time with fools before that. And I'd suffered a lot of harm. I'd been a fool myself. And I knew that whatever loneliness and pain I was experiencing that it was cheaper and it was easier than the pain of jumping into a friendship with a fool. And so I just waited. And then in October of my sophomore year of college, everything changed for me because a guy just happened to invite me to a Bible study. And I walked into a room on a Tuesday night, and there were seven other guys there. They were cadets that were sophomores in the Corps as well. And they were godly guys, and they were pursuing wisdom. And I tell you, it changed the rest of my college career. It changed me. But the cost, you know, the price tag of that was 50-plus Friday nights of sitting alone in my dorm room studying. And my grades were pretty good my freshman year. (laughs) But it was lonely, and it hurt. And it was so worth it. It was so worth it. You know what it always is, isn't it? You see, whoever walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You choose who your friends will be, and then your friends choose who you will be. You know, this is all, it's highly practical stuff. I mean, it's practical if you're single and you're looking for that person that, that is going to say one day to you until death do us part and they really mean it. You know, you're out there and you're looking for a person who's going to be faithful to you, a person who has what it takes on the inside, to follow through with the commitment they make on the outside to you, the person who's going to have the emotional and spiritual health to, to love you and to love you unconditionally. And, and I'd encourage you, as you're out there looking for that person, would you watch closely who they're walking with in life? Who are their closest friends? Are the friendships that they're in, are they based on convenience and acceptance only and, and whomever they find themselves around? Are they content to be a companion of fool's? Or are their friendships intentional? Are they doing whatever they have to do to walk around wise people so that they can become wise, so that their, their soul grows, so that their character is strengthened, so that one day when they say forever to somebody, and maybe it's you, when they say that word, they're going to mean it. They're going to be able to follow through on it. And if that's where you are and, and you're looking for that person, you know, there's a chance that you might be lonely right now as you wait and as you wait patiently. And that loneliness may only grow and it may only become more painful and it may only become bigger. Right? But I would plead with you, I'd ask you, would you hang in there? Would you wait a little bit longer? Okay, would you trust God and would you keep an eye out? Would you keep looking for someone who loves what is right and good and true and, and is doing whatever they can to apply God's truth to their, their heart, their mind, their will? Would you keep looking for that person and keep waiting? And and for some of you, you know, you see this proverb and maybe the spirit of God is, is talking to you this morning and and maybe he's telling you, maybe saying, Hey, look, it's time to blaze a new trail in your friendships. You've got some friendships with fools and, and it's time to walk away from those. And it's time to move on from those. And it's time to get on a new path, a path towards wisdom and a path towards people who are walking towards wisdom and pursuing God. It's time. Maybe the spirit of God is saying that to you and, and as you blaze that new trail, if, if that's where you are, if that's what God's saying to you, then, then my encouragement would be to you, as many of those foolish friends as you can, try to bring them along with you. You know, try not to leave them behind if you don't have to. You know, and in our friendship circles, we do this a lot, right? I mean, one of, one of your friends will come and say, hey, let's, let's take some motorcycle riding lessons together. Let's join the Y or class over at the Y together. Let's do that, you know, and, and the whole group of friends does something new and, and it's exciting and and yeah, this, this happens in friendships, so, so why don't you try it with this, on this path towards wisdom. Why don't you invite those friends of yours that are heading towards foolishness and say, hey, let's get on a new path together, let's try something new. Would you do that with me? You know, invite them to join you here at church. Maybe you've asked before and, and they've declined, and, and you know what, try again. Sometimes it takes a few invitations. But my encouragement would be to, to bring as many people along with you as you can on this path towards wisdom. If you're just starting on it or or you're halfway down the road, bring them along with you. And, and you know, you're going to have uh, some, maybe even many of those friends that say, that's okay. You know, I don't want to go there. And to those friends, you're you're probably going to have to sit down and have an honest and humble conversation where you say to them, you say, look, I care for you. And we've been close for a while. But my faith in God, my relationship with God is, is so important to me. And God's heading me in a new direction now. And i got to keep moving. And, and if you don't want to join me in that, I understand. But I'm going to have to keep moving here. And look, if you change your mind, if you have a change of heart down the road, look, you call me. And I will be right back here. And we'll walk this new path together. We'll walk. We'll become wiser together. And when you have that conversation, if they still say, yeah, I'm just not coming, then you're still kind to them. Right? You still pray for them. But they can't be the people that you're close to. They can't be the people you walk through life with anymore. Because you've got to walk with the wise if you're going to grow wise. Right? But, but you see, some of you might be in a friendship or in, in a group of friends that are so foolish. right? And the harm that you've suffered is so great. And the consequences have been so detrimental to your spiritual health and your life that you might not even be able to afford to have a conversation like that. You might just have to cut all ties and run for your life. That situation is, is an exception. But maybe that's where you are and, and that's what you're going to have to do. But most of us, you know, we can invite our friends that are heading towards foolishness along with us and say, hey, let's try this new thing together. And as you blaze this new trail, you know, it's not just about running away from friendships with fools and getting on a new path. No, it's, it's also about walking with the wise, right? And to do that, you have to walk where wise people walk, you know. And that's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It'll be lonely. It'll take sacrifice. It, it'll be a chunk of your schedule. You'll have to give up you know, night of the week or lunch every week. It's going to take some, some obvious commitment here to walk with the wise. But I would say that you're in a great place here at Grace Covenant Church if this is what you're wanting to do. If you're wanting to walk around wise people, this church is structured around getting you in close proximity to people who are wise. You know, and there are, there are so many wise people sitting here this morning of every age and stage that are just looking to help somebody else become wise. And if you're new to Grace, if you're just uh, starting out here, what I'd encourage you to do is, is consider one of two options to find a wise person, a wise group, if that's what you're looking for. If you want to know where the wise walk, well, the first place I, I'd encourage you to consider jumping into would be an adult community, you know, one of these, one of these Sunday morning classes. And, and what you'll find there is, is teachers and leaders and, and people who attend those classes that are wise and are pursuing God, and they'll help you with that. You know, we just kind of throw a bunch of people into a room and sprinkle in some wise people, and you guys pursue God together. You get wiser together. Okay? And, yeah, it's going to take a sacrifice. It means staying here for two services. It means maybe lunch is going to be later on Sundays than it used to be. But you're already here, you know. We'll take care of your kids for free, you know. There may be no easier way to, to walk where wise people walk than, than to jump into one of these adult communities this fall. A second place, if you're looking for even more than that, would be a life group. You know, uh, most of our life groups form right out of our adult communities. And so you could find a life group that meets in the middle of the week through th- one of those adult communities. And, and you could find in those, in those life groups, uh, you could find people that, that love what is right and good and true and ask, how do I apply this? How do I put this into action? You know, and, and uh, if, you, if you don't end up in an adult community and you'd like to find a life group, you could show up at our group link on September 22nd in about a month. You could find a, a life group there. These are people that will cheer for you. They'll weep with you. They'll pray for you. They'll know enough about your life to ask you real questions. Hey, you'll find wise people there. You will. The last thing I'd like to say before we close is to those of you out there who are wise. And if you don't know if you're wise, just turn to your spouse and ask them. They'll tell you. Hey, but if you're wise, could I ask you a favor? Could I ask you to do something? Because you know how lonely it can be to walk away from companionship with fools and start on this new path towards wise friends. You know, you know how difficult that jump can be away from foolishness and away from the harm that you've been suffering. You know that. So could I ask of you, would you consider making it just a little bit easier, making that journey a little lighter, you know, a little shorter for some lonely soul, you know, that's in here this morning that's looking to grow wise among wise people that's is looking for a wise friend you know, would you just find one person maybe whose journey, whose travels you could make just a little easier and a little lighter and then a little shorter? You know, make it so they're not crossing the Pacific to find a wise friend, right? Make it so that they're just, they're just crossing a lake or maybe jumping a little puddle. Okay, but would you do that? Would you find somebody who's looking to walk with the wise and befriend them and help them to grow wise? That would be so kind of you to do that. Like you choose who your friends will be, and then your friends choose who you will be. Let's choose well, huh? Would you guys pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning as uh, a church, a, a community, a family that, um, that desires wisdom. I know that we all do. None of us want to be fools, Father. Lord, we don't want to just have knowledge and, and know Scripture and know the difference between right and wrong and, and then say, so what? and just move on with life. Lord, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be those people. And, and Father, I know that the cost, the price tag of, of not being that kind of person, and not being around people who are walking away from you, Lord, is, is uh, some pain and some loneliness. And, Lord, we know, too, that uh, we're never alone, Father, that your spirit walks with us. Uh, it's not just inside of us, Lord. He walks closely with us as we begin down a new path. And I pray that, uh, Lord, those, those of us here that have been on that path for a while, Lord, uh, that you would put it on their hearts. you would encourage them, Father, to, to bring somebody along with them, to help somebody else grow wise, Lord, who, who's been suffering a lot of harm and consequences because of the people they've been around. Would you put that on their hearts? Would you show them? Would you bring somebody into their path that you make clear this is, this is the person they need to help? They need to help them along. I pray that as a church, Father, that we would do that. Brother, we would honor and we would glorify you, Father, as we grow in wisdom together and as we walk towards you and we walk towards becoming wise together. In Jesus' name, Amen. For more information about grace, visit our website at grace360.org.